Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. Forgiveness. Something truthfully that we all struggle with. We struggle with giving other people forgiveness, but we expect quick forgiveness from other people. I'd like to challenge us to be willing to forgive as much as we desire forgiveness. We're told over and over in the Bible to forgive. We're told to walk in love. Love is forgiveness. And there's a difference between forgiving someone and exposing yourself to future hurts. I'm not talking about making yourself a doormat. I'm not talking about exposing yourself to danger, physical harm, emotional harm, none of that. But regardless of that, the demand on us is to forgive. Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 32, basically is telling us to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other. How? Just as Christ God forgave you. In that same capacity, that's the level we are supposed to forgive. Ephesians chapter 4 is an amazing chapter, actually. I would challenge you to go read the whole thing. It tells you a lot of how you should walk as a believer. Interestingly, the subtitle in my Bible, I have subtitles above each chapter, and the subtitle above this chapter is Unity in the Body of Christ, which it doesn't take a minute to look around and see that there is disunity inside the body of Christ, in the family of God, never mind extending beyond the front door of that. So unity in the body of Christ, one of the things that is part of that is forgiving one another, being kind and compassionate to one another, understanding that we may have some differences that we don't have to take offense to. See, that's what happens We take offense to something that we didn't even need to take offense to at times, and then we develop an unforgiving heart towards somebody. We develop um, a, a discord with somebody, and in our mind now, they have hurt us because simply because we're not in agreement with them. Now they've hurt us because they've said something to us we don't agree with. Now we're going to pull back from them, truthfully judge them, whether justified or not, isn't even the point actually. And then we set up our hearts in a place of unforgiveness to something that actually never needed to be forgiven in the first place. And then once we get to that place of unforgiveness, we don't let go of that And we can't even see this happening in our lives, but that unforgiveness brings us to a place of resentment, judgment, and bitterness. And then the devil has a lock on us, which is what he simply wanted 
all the time, all along. That's why, right? We know a house divided cannot stand. That's scripture too. A house divided cannot stand. That's in Matthew chapter 12. So a family unit, a house, husband and wife that's divided, cannot, it can't stand. That's why there's been such a breakdown in the family is because there's so many divided households trying to function, but it cannot stand. It's the same in the house of God, in God's house, right? As a family unit in God's house, divided, we cannot stand. And we're busy, truthfully, fighting one another and the enemy's gaining ground on us. Again, just take a look around and that is obvious too. And division, truthfully, disunity, truthfully, comes from a place of unforgiveness. We get so offended so quickly just because somebody doesn't see something from our viewpoint, our perspective. I've noticed we can't even say, you know what? You're right, but I'm right too. And then our truth, our perception, our perspective, it doesn't even matter what all the research says sometimes. We just want to believe what we want to believe, and we call everything else a false report or fake news. Like your feelings actually don't matter when it comes to truth. Truth is truth. So back to unforgiveness, because that whole truth is truth is a whole different topic. But it does lead into unforgiveness based on places of arguments and offense that have set in. So back to Ephesians chapter 4. It's talking about the whole body of Christ being unified in the importance of that, how we're all supposed to be in humility, with gentleness. We've lost that, especially because of social media. I saw this um, little video the other day, and it was so good. And it was, the, the title of it said, the difference between arguing on social media and arguing in person And it had two dogs on opposite sides of a fence. The fence was locked and they were going crazy, barking at each other, growling at each other. And then somebody came and opened the fence and they both just sat there and looked at each other, wagging their tails like they were ready to play. And that's kind of why we've lost that humility, that compassion, that 432 talks about that love for one another because it's so easy to jump on something when you're not face-to-face with somebody talking about something and you can be offensive or somebody can be offensive towards you. And then now you slowly slide into unforgiveness. And then that causes you to go into disunity. And in the long run, it takes you down. Every command in the word of God is for our benefit. I've said that time and time again. Anything God asks us to do is for our benefit, for our blessing. Anything that God asks us to refrain from, to not do, is for our blessing. It's for our protection. It's for our physical health, our emotional health, our relational health. And here's a big kicker that we forget about sometimes, or we just don't want to see the truth in the word of God about it. But this is fact. This is the red letters in the Bible. This is Jesus himself speaking. And he says, if you forgive other people, 
when they sin against you, when they hurt you, when they offend you, when they bother you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. It's a command. It's a requirement. In order to be forgiven by God, we must forgive those that cause offense and hurt to us. We must. This is Jesus speaking. We don't like this prerequisite, but it's there. Truthfully, it'll even block our prayers. So not only can it hinder us from being forgiven for our sins, it can also block our prayers from reaching the throne of God. That's pretty intense right there. And now again, this is just the word of God I'm speaking. It tells us in Colossians that if we have an ought against someone else, we need to go to them. We need to get it right. We need to forgive as the Lord forgave us. Can't remember if I said that's Colossians chapter three. Like in the Catholic church, I grew up in the Catholic church. You weren't supposed to take communion if you had unforgiveness in your heart or sin. Why? Because it was saying, in one sense, you couldn't partake of the fellowship of Christ. You needed to go to your brother or your sister first and ask for forgiveness or extend forgiveness before taking communion. You had to, in other words, you got to get it right in your heart before you can commune with the Lord. I'm not sure I agree with all the technicality of that, I haven't studied out their theology on that, but I understand the basic principle of it because the word of God says, for Jesus to forgive us, we have to forgive others. So to be in pure fellowship with Jesus, we have to forgive others. And if we know we've been the perpetrator, if we've been the one, we know sometimes when we hurt people, sometimes we're clueless that we've hurt somebody's feelings. And that's a whole nother thing. Some people we have not forgiven. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, some people we have not forgiven and they're clueless. They even hurt us. Just one little comment they made that pierced our heart. And we're over here trolling it over in our minds over and over again. And they have no idea. Gotta let it go. Let it go. So now that sometimes is a little easier. Like, okay, you know, maybe they didn't mean that comment. They don't understand how I took it. And so we excuse the forgiveness and we have deemed them worthy of our forgiveness. If we're honest, we've deemed them worthy. Like sometimes we pick and choose who deserves forgiveness and who doesn't. I've done it personally in my own life. And the two points that are very, very difficult is when the hurt of our heart is justified. What about then? What about when it's justified? Can you not forgive then? What about evil? You know, sin is sin, but what about when we look at something as just evil? Is it okay not to forgive then? Not according to the word of God. You know, sometimes there's a lot of truth in the word that we don't like, but again, it's always with our best interest in heart. Always. So when somebody has genuinely hurt us, though, and we know they know they've hurt us, we know they know the depth of the hurt, and they don't care. 
They maybe even intentionally hurt us, right? Abusive situations, sexual abuse, a child molestation, you know, the affairs and marriages, you know, the, um, the big things, the difficult things to extend forgiveness for. And then there, how about when they're not even asking for forgiveness? That is when it gets very difficult. And the truth is we feel, the reason we don't forgive them is we feel like we're punishing the other person for our hurts. We have, we, we have a shred of control in the situation. So we refuse to forgive. But in the long run, we're punishing ourselves, sometimes with physical ailments as a result. When we choose not to forgive, we feel like we have control. But truthfully, we're completely out of control. When we choose not to forgive, we give an open door to different things to come into our life. Emotionally, physically, we've lost control. Unforgiveness actually either gives control to the other person that doesn't even care or the other person that doesn't even realize they've hurt you or the other person that has just simply moved on, has no recollection of it. The one person we're not hindering the one person we're not hurting is the one that we think we're punishing. And that's the person that hurt us. Hopefully that, hopefully that all makes sense. So when it's really hard to forgive, what do we do? How do, how do we do that? Number one, we can't do it without God. We ask for his help and we make a decision to forgive. Forgiving is not a feeling. It's not. We choose mercy. We choose grace, the very things we desire from other people. We have to choose those things. What are we choosing them over? Bitterness, resentment, anger, all of those things, right? We're supposed to be merciful just as our father is merciful, right? We're supposed to do that. It doesn't say if the other person deserves it right? Look at, look at all of us and all of our sin. And yet the Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So we weren't seeking his forgiveness when he gave us an avenue for forgiveness. So that cannot be a prerequisite for us. We cannot say they have to seek forgiveness before I will give them forgiveness. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what God did. He sent his son while we were still sinners. And Jesus was willing to die while we were still sinners. That's pretty powerful. The very ones that beat Jesus, the very ones that tortured him, the very ones that spit on him, he was dying for them. He already knew while they were doing what they were doing, that he was gonna give them an avenue of forgiveness and access to the throne of God if they chose it. That's powerful. That should make anything that we find very hard, very difficult to forgive, at least uh, able to do in our minds. I always point back to that. Have I been hurt like that? Was I destroyed like that? Not to minimize my own hurts, not to minimize yours. Because I say this time and time again, you cannot measure the hurts of somebody's heart 
to the hurts of somebody else's heart. We can't compare because there are bigger hurts. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what has happened, so we have to be merciful just as God is merciful. We do. We have to do that. And it's a choice. It's a decision that we make. And the truth is we will never experience in our relationships that we currently have true joy if we're holding on to unforgiveness to something, I don't care if it's 30 years in our past. If we aren't willing to forgive it, it impacts our current relationships. And I want to say this, there is a difference And I kind of touched on it a few minutes back, but there is a difference between forgiveness and reconciliation. Not all things need to be reconciled, right? Like I said earlier, you don't, you forgive, but you do not continue to expose yourself to more hurts. And sometimes there is reconciliation, but forgiveness is a requirement. You can forgive without exposing yourself. And I want to say this, reconciliation is not a sign or a confirmation of forgiveness. No, you can forgive without ever reconciling with somebody, without ever exposing yourself to more hurts. Maybe you need to um, separate for a season. Maybe you need to separate personal, per, permanently from the situation, but you always need to forgive. Forgiveness comes from and depends on you. Reconciliation depends on the other person's actions. I don't want you to miss that because that's really good. Forgiveness comes from you. You have control over that. What you do not have control over is somebody else's actions, somebody else's response, and somebody else's choices. You can't control that. So forgiveness is your control, your decision, your choice comes from you. The reconciliation portion comes from the other person's actions. If somebody has caused a significant hurt in your life and you've gone through the process of forgiving them and then their actions still line up with the hurt, then no, reconciliation is not a good idea, right? You know that that saying that's out there, once Shame on you, twice shame on me. That's kind of what I'm talking about here. We have to be careful of that. And we have to remember, see, reconciliation, this is another point with unforgiveness or forgiveness and reconciliation. Reconciliation can open us up to future hurts. Forgiveness won't necessarily open us up to future hurts. Unforgiveness is what continues hurting us. Unforgiveness allows the hurt to keep hurting you, and it sabotages your life, your current relationships, everything around you, and even your health. Just do a little bit of study on the impact of unforgiveness to you physically. Grieving is linked to a process of forgiveness because if there can't be reconciliation based on the other person's actions, it's like, There's a death, even though there wasn't a death, if that makes sense. A relationship has died. Plans have died. um, Maybe a dream has died because of the hurt. So you go through this process 
Forgiveness can be a very deep thing, almost like grieving, letting it truly, releasing it and letting it go. And I can't emphasize this enough. It's not a one-day process. It's not a one-time process, just like grief is not. You're not like, oh, okay, this person in my life died. And then, okay, so you have um, like a wake and a funeral or memorial service or whatever it is you have. Like, okay, so we had the grieving process at that service for one day. Now I I move on with my life after. No, it's a process and it catches you off guard. One day you think you're fine and all of a sudden that grief hits you again. It's the same thing with forgiveness. You extend forgiveness to somebody you think you've forgiven and then all of a sudden that hurt floods back into your mind or or maybe you come across that person physically, you run into them somewhere and you physically get sick to your stomach because you see them and you realize, wow, I have not forgiven them at all. It's a process. If you have to wake up every single morning and say, Lord, help me to forgive so-and-so, fill in the blank. Every morning, again, don't get frustrated and say, well, I just can't. And there's a difference between forgiving and forgetting. I think sometimes we think when we forgive, we should have no memory of the hurt. I don't, and maybe some people truly genuinely, the smaller hurts, but there's just some things you're not gonna forget. Your mind won't let you. But this is the difference. Does that memory impact you? Does it cripple you? Does it cause you to lash out to those around you that you love that didn't even hurt you? That's a huge sign. There's some signs that you have unforgiveness in your life. Anger is one of them. Bitterness is one of them. You know, being, uh, having a lot of snide remarks towards people you don't even mean to do that to. Because really we lash out to those closest to us and they're not even the ones, right? The unforgiveness is over here on the left and we're lashing out to the safe people on our right. That's a sign that there's some unforgiveness somewhere. God is faithful to us. And if we have unforgiveness in our heart where we think we've forgiven, he will show us because he wants that root gone. So we can what? Flourish in a healthy way and have healthy relationships. I promise you this, it's worth letting it go. That's the path to true freedom in Christ is forgiveness. Really, until we genuinely have forgiven, we can't walk in love. We can't uh, be compassionate and kind to one another. Now we can pick and choose, but ultimately it will come back to we're not kind, we're not compassionate, we're not walking in love in a particular area. It takes courage to forgive. It takes persistence to forgive. And it frees us from ourselves. It frees us from the hurts we've held onto, maybe as our identity, in our hearts. And then we can have true joy in our current relationships. If there's not joy in your relationships, you haven't forgiven. If a person bothers you on a regular basis, there's something there you haven't forgiven. And I wanna say this, forgiving does not minimize and it does not excuse the hurt. It doesn't do that. It releases us in the hold that other person can potentially have on our life, the impact that hurt can have on our life. 
Forgiveness always has a fruit of resentment and bitterness in our lives that impacts other relationships. It never punishes the person that hurt us. It punishes our future. Now that's pretty powerful right there. It never punishes resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, offense, never punishes the person that we're, we're, that is the cause of it, but it punishes our future. It hinders our future. This is so true right here. And I've seen it in so many different situations. Unforgiveness makes your life miserable. And truthfully, it makes those you love the most to be kept at a distance from your heart. Let it go for you and let it go for those you love. We will always, no matter how long we walk with the Lord and no matter how old we live to be, we will always have the process of forgiveness in our lives. There will always be hurts because we deal with relationships. We'll always have to extend forgiveness. Maybe sometimes, and it's harder to go way back in years. Maybe you had a trauma that you have to forgive. That is definitely more difficult for sure to forgive versus, um, you know, a family member said something hurtful. But you have to learn how to communicate. You have to learn how to resolve conflict. That helps all in the process of current things you have to forgive. But you absolutely have to, depending on how deep the hurt is and how old it is sometimes, continually stay in that place of prayer, continually giving it to the Lord and asking him for his help. I like to think of the scripture, I like to think of the scripture in Mark chapter nine, verse 24, where it talks about Jesus healing the boy with the unclean spirit. And I like to apply this to unforgiveness in our hearts. And when we're having a hard time forgiving, and so it's in Mark chapter nine, it's kind of verse 14 through verse 24, I'm just going to kind of summarize it. But a father brings his son to Jesus to be healed. And he tells Jesus, I asked your disciples to cast it out and they were not able. And he brings the boy to Jesus. And of course, when the spirit inside the boy sees Jesus, it it escapes from him. And Jesus asks the father, first back up a little bit. The boy's foaming at the mouth and rolling on the ground. And Jesus says to the father, how long has the boy been like this? And I'm way paraphrasing this. And the father says, since childhood. Now, it doesn't say how old he is here. So it has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. If you can do anything, have compassion on him. If you can do anything, he's asking Jesus, right? Who's already healed, already performed a lot of miracles. And Jesus says to him, if you can believe all things are possible. If you can believe all things are possible. And he's saying the same thing to us about forgiveness. If you can forgive, all things are possible. You're unstoppable if you can forgive, right? So the father responds back immediately, it says, I believe. And it's interesting the next thing he says, but help me in my unbelief. So he's like, just in case there's any unbelief in there, help me in my unbelief. And he's asking the one that can help him. And that's what we have to do with forgiving others. Because if you can forgive, all things are possible. 
I forgive, Lord, but help me in my unforgiveness today. Cry out to the Lord with that. I forgive, Lord. Fill in the blank. Put the name in. Put the situation in. Put the hurt in. You know what it is. I forgive, Lord, but help me in my unforgiveness. Just in case there's anything there that's going to hinder me, help me with that. Because sometimes we have unforgiveness in there we don't even know. Help me in my unforgiveness. Go to the Lord. Ask him for help. Just make it a confession. I know you've forgiven me. And I know I'm to forgive others. But I find this situation hard. Just be honest with him. Right? If you're full of anger, tell him. My mind and my heart are full of anger. I'm mad at this person. I don't want to forgive them. I don't think they deserve forgiveness. They're not even asking for forgiveness. I haven't done anything wrong and they won't forgive me. Whatever the situation is. And this is a really good thing to always, always pray. Help me to see with your eyes. Because whatever it is they've done to you to hurt you, God is willing to forgive them of that very action if they ask him. So are we better than God? That if God is willing to forgive something, shouldn't we also? So help me to see them with your eyes, especially the sandpaper people in our life. Help me to remember that forgiveness really is for me and I'm not punishing them anyway. Help me that to remember that forgiveness is not minimizing my hurt. It's not excusing their action. It's not dependent on them seeking it. Help me to remember these things, Lord, so I can walk in true freedom. I can have joy in my life. I can have healthy relationships with my loved ones. Lord, and this is a good good thing to do too. I put their sin, whatever they did against you, I put their sin, their wrongdoing, their actions, I give that to you, Lord, and I let it go. And I'm not taking it back out of your hands because we do that a lot. We place something in the Lord's hands and then we get anxious or worry or angry or mad and we take it right back out and we put it back on ourselves. I give it to you, Lord, genuinely, truly give it to you. Help me to be free. He's the helper. That's one of the descriptions of the Holy Spirit, the helper. I want to be healed from unforgiveness. And thank you. I thank you now that I have forgiven. I thank you that you've helped me to forgive and help me to love that person and see that person as you do, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And anytime that thought comes up, anytime a feeling of hurt or anger towards a particular person comes up, pray it all over again. If you have to pray it for 10 years, keep praying it for 10 years. And one day you're going to wake up and realize, my goodness, I have forgiven. I am free. Praise God. We've got to let go. We've got to forgive. Because like I said, when I started this out back in Ephesians chapter 4, be kind to one another, be compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as I have forgiven you.